Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Howdy doody, nerdarinos, and welcome back to another incredible episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. My name is Matt, one of your two hosts, as always. On the proverbial left of me, because he is a Southpaw, Mysterious Mike Talent. Hey, everybody. Yes, yes, I am left-handed. It made playing sports very difficult and a lot of things like writing papers and things. But other than that, it's great. So that might end up becoming a trivia question in the future. But since no one has entered our drawing still for the Lone Survivor Digital Code, I don't know if we'll ever have another freaking giveaway because people suck. Yeah. Yep. Should I just jump in, Matt? Like, what what are you drinking today? Like, should I just just skip over that, or or should we dwell on it some more? Whatever, whatever you want to talk about, Mike. I mean, do you like people? Because I don't like people. That's why I'm completely and utterly alone, and everyone I know has just given up on me, including my dog. He couldn't even handle it anymore. Well, um, I don't, I don't think I dislike people as much i don't know see you said the words as much i don't know when i when i worked in guest service i hated all of the public so that's like all people so i hated everyone so you still have a black heart towards people i guess so is it because they made you make 2000 jack-in-the-box tacos uh yes yes what was your favorite part I know what my favorite part was, was you making me a hamburger that had twice as much cheese and bacon on it. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was great. But the making the thousands of tacos was not great, because every one of them burned you, every single taco. That's a spicy taco. Well, on that, Matt, um, what spicy drink are you drinking uh, today? Ah. <sighs> Dude, that, that was a fairly decent segue. It wasn't too bad. It is not a spicy drink, but it is a drink I have had many times with tacos. It is a Dos Equis Amber. Oh, that is, that, that's a good drink, man. I, I, I like the Dos Equis Amber. I also like the lager. I'm more about the, uh, about the Amber. I think it's better. I, I've drank many, many lagers, but I prefer the Ambers. So, Mike, uh, let's see. What golden ale are you drinking today? Oh, no, man. So this is, I I know this is going to be shocking. Again, I'm drinking another of those New Belgian passion fruit Kolsch's. Passion fruit. Yes, it's like lighter, like more summery, you know, since it's gotten warmer. You know, just something light. Enjoy it. Well, it's not an IPA, so I will applaud you on that. It is not an IPA. All right, Mike. Well, speaking of things that horrify me. Oh, okay. What movie are we talking about today, Mike? Ah, we were talking about Child's Play, uh, the 2019 version. Because it's not technically a reboot, because we can get into this big time. 
the Chucky universe now has two universes, and they're separate from each other. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll 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 address that here in a second. All right. Go ahead. Do do your thing. Give us a rundown. Yeah. Let me let me give you the rundown. Uh, so the directors Lars Klefberg. Uh, writers are Tyler uh, Burton Smith, Don Machini, um, uh, starring Aubrey Plaza, Mark Hamill, Gabriel Bateman, Brian Tyree Henry, and. The synopsis for this movie is, after moving to a new city, young Andy Barclay receives a special present from his mother, a seemingly innocent buddy doll that becomes his best friend. When the doll suddenly takes on a life of its own, Andy unites with other neighborhood children to stop the sinister toy from wreaking bloody havoc. All right, Mike, you are the horror aficionado. How well did you like the new version, the modern version of Child's Play? Uh, so I'm going to give a real quick just history of the original Child's Play I saw when I was very, very young, and it scarred me. Uh, so uh, the Chucky kind of uh, doll has always kind of uh, been a little disturbing to me, but I really enjoyed this new remake. I like the new modern things that they did on, uh, I guess, I don't, I don't want to say twist, but modern they updated some of the story plots in this and i really like the way that they did that and this movie kind of reminded me of like a episode of black mirror in some ways so if you're a black mirror fan i think you might like this movie it is definitely very very black mirror ish um twilight zone styled things like that uh, definitely closer to Black Mirror because I think people have seen the doll is connected to the Internet of Things. So it is connected to everything, which definitely updates it a heck of a lot. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a really uh, pretty good idea to um, change the story around a little bit. And, uh, I mean, it added some, you know, fairly terrifying, uh, scenarios. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. This, this was, uh, I mean, it's, it's still a horror movie in, in, in some of the violence and, and I guess a little bit of, yeah, there's some gore. Some gore, dude. Th- some of those murders were real gory. Don't, don't, don't spoil it yet, Matt. All right. Well, I'm just saying you said some gore. I'd say this is higher than average on the gore level. Well, comparing it to um, oh, the one we just watched about the uh, the, the the dark Superman, Brightburn. Oh, whoa. Yeah, Brightburn. It's about that level, right? Yeah, and Brightburn was quite uh, graphic in their goriness in their murders, as we discussed. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So it's it is pretty gory. Then yeah, but I I, I I enjoyed the the concept of this movie quite a bit. Um, yeah, what did you think about this movie, Matt? I liked most of it. I enjoyed lots of it. I liked the uh, updated. Well, I guess not updated, but the change in the story and uh, Chucky's origins and how he interacts with uh, 
basically everything in the home. I like how the internet of things that is in this universe is all one company, which is clearly trying to take a jab at modern day technology companies, uh, examples of Amazon and Google and especially Apple where one company has it all, you know? Yeah. 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 Definitely. So I enjoyed that part. Um, there's a lot of the, uh, plot points and storylines that I think were kind of half finished. They could have done more with them. We can get into examples later when the spoiler universe comes down the pike. All right. All right. Overall, I thought it was uh, decent. You know, it's hard to knock the original off its pedestal. But uh, for a modern day reimagining of Child's Play, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was worth a watch. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. I I wasn't exactly sure what it was going to be like besides kind of what I saw in maybe one or two trailers. And I was intrigued and I was not disappointed. I I I liked most of this movie. It was pretty well done. Would you say you need to go see this in the movie theater though? I mean, not really. Uh yeah, not really. I guess there's a couple there's there's like a one or two jump scare situations i think but for the most part no you don't really need to see this in the theater um it's interesting choice that they chose to release this the same week that toy story 4 came out ah, did they just expect it to bomb and they don't even care about it or did someone not do the research i don't know that's a good question maybe they were trying to be like well here's your adult toy kid movie you can go to and then if you want go to see toy story 4 yeah like is this the alternative movie like um little jimmy and little kimmy you go watch uh toy story 4 i'm gonna go watch child's play catch you in the lobby well i know and i'll start talking about it now a little bit i alluded to it earlier how there are now two chucky or child's play universes mike do you know the story of this No, I don't, Matt. Why don't you elaborate on this? All right. So, Mr. Don Mancini, who is credited as a writer on this, but he was not a writer on it. He is not involved with this film whatsoever. He is the original creator of Child's Play and Chucky and that whole universe. And he is still heavily, heavily involved in the original three films and then there's been a slew of more modern sequels like bride of chucky and uh curse of chucky i think and stuff like that i i haven't really seen any of those i saw bride of chucky so i think i was in either college or high school when that came out and we went and saw that yeah that was uh awful but awful in a kind of hilarious dumb way um i liked it and it only gets from what i've heard it only gets even crazier with because there's two sequels because the new trilogy started with bride of chucky and then there's like seed of chucky and then there's curse of chucky or something i don't know they were pretty much almost direct to blu-ray yeah yeah anyways so those are all don mancini doing all those he's involved with those heavily well he is actually coming out with a television show in the child's play chucky universe in the next year or two I think it's going to be on sci-fi or something like that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, how the story goes, the original Child's Play did not do great. The original people, Orion, 
that owned the rights to it uh, said, you know, uh, we're going to cut you loose and you can kind of go and do your own thing. So that is why he did Child's Play 2 and 3 with, I believe, Universal. I think that might be that might be correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember, but I think it's Universal was the production company. But Orion, which has been bought a couple times over, which shocked me seeing that name pop up on the screen because I haven't seen that in God probably since the nineties, maybe even the late eighties. Yeah, yeah. I was actually a little taken back by that too. I'm like, whoa, whoa. I thought Orion was gone. Yeah, so did I. So what happened is I'm not sure who bought them or who owns them or whatever, but as you saw, this movie came out underneath the title production company of Orion. Well, Orion still owns the rights to the very first Child's Play film, so they still own the rights to the characters that were in that film and things like that. So now there are two Child's Play universes, and it's kind of creating a little bit of a rift and a backlash in the horror movie community i guess is a good way to put it because everybody sides with don mancini and his imagination and orion did not back him whatsoever you know on a sequel or the third one universal did they said yeah come on over we know it's probably not going to be a huge hit they ended up being okay nothing incredible but they backed him up and they continue to back him to this day and orion cut him loose after the first film huh okay that, that is kind of interesting. So that is why there are two Child's Play universes. Now, I'm not sure if this is ever going to get another sequel or a trilogy or whatever. Who knows? We'll see. They definitely tried to allude to one at the end of this film. But uh, the actual original Child's Play universe continues to this day and is coming out in TV show form. I'm not sure what. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. That's that's pretty neat. Uh, no, I didn't know that story at all. Yeah, I did some research before uh, coming on the pod. What, last night, I think, or something? Good job, man. Good job. No, I'm adulting. It's Cray. Yeah. Speaking of Cray, so, Mike, how does Child's Play relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh, man, Matt, thanks for asking. Uh, so this one took me a little while to find as well, but um, an illustrator for this movie, uh, Fernando uh, Acosta, also worked on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 uh, in the visual effects department. Nice, man, nice. You mean Mark Hamill has not made an appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yet? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, JJ, hopefully you'll rectify that soon, right? Yeah, I don't know. Because JJ's coming out with something Spider-Man related, right? I'm not sure if it's a TV show or if he's doing a movie or something. Um, I don't know what he's doing. I did see that his production company, Bad Robot, just signed some kind of, what, $500 million deal with somebody. Uh... Streaming service, I think, uh-huh. like Carter or Charter or somebody, somebody weird, like somebody not Netflix or HBO or Apple or Amazon or yeah, I think it was something like kind of off, off, like not as mainstream. Somebody trying to make a ma- a name for themselves. No Hulu. 
No, I don't think so. Hmm. Because Hulu would make sense, because Hulu's owned by Disney now. And then they own MCU, and uh, that's one of the things that Disney... Not to get super off topic again, but Disney streaming services coming out is supposedly going to be rated PG or PG-13 and below. So the more risque Avengers Marvel kind of shows like Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, stuff like that, that was on Netflix in that vein of violence and action. Yeah. The rumor is that they're all going to get put on Hulu and Hulu is going to be the more adult star Wars slash Marvel streaming service. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 They can't tarnish the Disney brand, but they still want to make all that adult content. Of course, because want to, you know, they want to be able to target everybody. Yeah. There's people like us, you know, that want to see the Punisher being the Punisher, you know, not running around shooting people with no blood coming out. I mean, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That's so dumb. Who would, who would make a movie like that? Like, like make, make it like a, a spawn movie with no blood or, or, you know, why would they, they would never do that. So, (laughs) it sounds like someone's a little bitter about their favorite comic book character. Yeah. Well, you know, they 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 can they can take and ruin things and they do. Is he still your favorite? Uh I would have to say so, man, since I haven't really read anything in a long time. Yeah. Well, dude, you might want to go swing by a comic book shop then because Spawn number 298 came out today. Wow. So, I'm a little bit behind. Number 300 is coming out soon and I think 296 or 297 uh, Todd McFarlane's doing a like big kind of retro callback with Spawn, but incorporating like his uh, Spider-Man run, which is one of the most iconic Spider-Man runs ever, in my opinion. And so he's doing like a lot of goofs on like the covers that he did and things like that leading up to um, issue 300 for Spawn. So it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, if if you don't know, Todd McFarlane is responsible for Venom. Oh, nice. No, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, he drew, uh, he introduced Venom, I believe. Oh, man, if Michael listens to this, he's going to kick my butt if I don't get this right. And I'm not going to Google it. I believe it was Spider-Man number 300 was when Todd McFarlane introduced Venom to the world. Wow. Okay. Cool. Anyways. So, Mike, enough about Marvel, Hulu, Disney, all that other crap. Let's get back on the topic of Child's Play. Yes, let's. That means you're supposed to talk. Well, I, I thought you were going to say something. No, so no, it's your I, turn. Come I, on. I, this is your world, man. You're Mike. Uh, your mysterious Mike horror talent. All right. So, uh, what I liked about this, and earlier I was talking about kind of like a Black Mirror episode, was that like you alluded to a little bit earlier man all the iot and all the um he could talk to all the products that everyone seems to have everywhere uh which was really interesting um and they actually made it so when he first got um the buddy doll uh his something was broken and he couldn't talk to the tv and stuff yet or he had to be taught. I don't know. It was a little fuzzy on that. 
but um there's there's some scenes that go by and then he he does get that power to talk to everything and it is quite disturbing when he can play back the videos and all this stuff that he cuz he's always recording and uh uh yeah it was it was really neat uh way to change the storyline from kind of a demon devil satanic ritual thing um to this uh you know technology based kind of horror situation i really like that but do you feel that it takes away the feeling around chucky like he's now no longer a person he no longer is a living being he's just a device that's gone haywire um i thought it was still okay uh, you're right so in in the original i guess uh chucky universe uh it was a person so he was already like he already knew a lot of things and in this one he's kind of uh you know like a fish out of water trying to understand his environment learning um mimicking stuff so he's like growing and he's growing like exponentially fast because he's you know a little computer guy but it's it's different it is different i don't know i liked it i really oh yeah i i liked it too but i'm just trying to get you thinking about that that when chucky you know eventually meets his doom did you have any feelings about it much like in the originals where he meets his doom it's a person going you know dying it's not a toy it's not a device it's not a bunch of nuts and bolts and wires um so i didn't feel bad that he was dying i guess but i i felt good for the characters so like i felt i think i felt what the director wanted us to feel which was the relief of the 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 stars of the movie okay well i'm just trying to say you know for me it doesn't feel quite as impactful not being like a being of some kind it's you know it's just it's like your refrigerator going on the fritz or something well when your refrigerator goes on fritz it doesn't kill you how do you know there's smart fridges now i guess that's true i guess that's true no i'm just i'm just trying to get you thinking about it a little bit that's all that's all yeah yeah uh what did you think about some of the weird gory scenes like uh the 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 watermelon patch that was kind of a weird scene dude that was extremely freaking weird that's one of those ones that's just really odd like who the hell has a watermelon patch who the hell you know gives up and just lets a freaking mulching thing chop your head off and then on top of it he gets the idea to skin the dude's face and then put it on a watermelon and take it back i'm sure everybody keeps talking about how heavy this freaking watermelon is that's you know it's wrapped in wrapping paper and it's a present how the hell did chucky even carry that damn thing back to the apartment you're not supposed to worry about that how did he even navigate his way back man seems like it was far in the country doesn't worry don't don't worry about it man hey uber you know he that's the thing i can answer that he is an internet of things and they're calling self-driving cars he could have called a self-driving car to come and pick him up oh yeah see yeah yeah yeah. huh yeah yeah no he could have um uh what what did i uh 
I kind of liked, but also was disturbed by the creepy um, building maintenance guy. Yeah, dude. He's like the janitor maintenance guy. That dude was a total messed up creep, dude. I, I had no qualms with him dying horrible. No, but like it, it was like, oh, first he's just kind of a creepy guy. But then you realize you're like, what the heck? Because he has all those like cameras set up. And then then there's... Um, I don't know why the kids thought when they threw out stuff, it was just like gone forever. Yeah, it magically disappeared. Yeah, like I was just like, "Um, come on, man. Why don't you take it somewhere else besides your like building trash disposal? Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me either. But that leads you to the maintenance guy finding the buddy doll and... Yeah, yeah, and kind of repairing it. And after he did whatever he did, it it, it could start controlling the Internet of Things. So he kind of fixed something in it. Well, he, uh, because that was how they killed him in the first place is they got his, like, power supply and just destroyed it. It was in his chest. And so the, the maintenance dude ordered, like, a new one. Yeah, well, it looked kind of like a Iron Man type. Uh, power thing. Arc reactor. I don't know. Yeah, arc reactor. And then there's also some stuff that <laughs> looks like E.T., and I'm not sure why that was in there, but okay, cool. Oh, hell yeah, dude, because that's how he controls everything with his finger. Yeah, no, I, 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 I got it. I got it. I was just it waiting was just... for him to go, ouch. <laughs> nice. Yeah, dude, that was totally E.T., him controlling shit with his index finger. Oh, yeah, no, no, 100%. E.T. Ridiculous. Yeah. But again, see, like I was talking about earlier, where it's kind of like a half good idea on some parts, and that's kind of one of them. <laughs> what did you think of uh, uh, Andy, the uh, child actor? Did you think he did all right? Yeah, I thought he did fine. You know, I really, really, really enjoyed Aubrey Plaza doing a part where she wasn't batshit crazy because she's always batshit crazy. And that's not just like her parts. Like she's batshit crazy in real life. Oh, so she's just playing herself on, uh, with a different, name. a lot of the times. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you ever watch any of her interviews on late night TV shows and stuff, she is full on like nuts. Like she just is. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, her character was very normal. Seemed like a mom and, and, you know, had responses. One is, you know, taking care of the mom. Uh, you know, yeah, she, you're right. She wasn't anything like her character in, you know, like um, Parks and Rec or some of the other movies that we've seen. Like what's she was in Spies Like Us, right? Spies, Spies Like Us. No, not Spies Like Us. <laughs> I was oh, gonna say that's uh, the '80s, dude. That's uh, Chevy no, Chase no, and the, uh, Dan Aykroyd. No, the what was the the spy movie that we both kind of liked? Wasn't she in that? I don't uh maybe. I don't remember. Oh, see here, go quick to the internet because I'm going to talk. Okay, go talking. So, one of the things where I say it was kind of like a half-cooked idea directly involves Aubrey Plaza's character and her son. So, Aubrey Plaza plays a young mother that has this son. She even says in the movie that she had him at 16, and she clearly has no idea how to be a mom. And that was one of those ideas that was really well presented, really stood out, really could have gone somewhere great, and it just kind of falls apart. Like, they present it to you, they tell you all these things, and then it just kind of falls apart. It just goes back into, like, a normal, 
mom child you know divorced kind of mom thing with stepdad or you know step boyfriend coming around he's a dick and it just fell into a trope when it really could have been something different and explored differently because i'm not sure how old she was supposed to be in the film i would guess probably you know late 20s early 30s single mom not knowing what she's doing and that could have played in big when it came with the horror film and chucky and her son you know disappearing and stuff like that yeah i think she's supposed to be around 29 to 30 yeah that's what i was guessing because the kid says he's thir. it says the kid's 13 if she would have had him at 16 that would have been 29 and matt i uh, to the internets i uh, was thinking of the spy who dumped me, and um, for whatever reason, I thought Kate McKinnon was uh, Aubrey Plaza's character. I don't know why. It's all good, man. It's all good. It happens. Anyway, so that's what one example that I'm just presenting where there's like these great setups, these great ideas, and they just kind of fizzle. Like uh, another one is um, one of uh, my favorite up and coming actors. He's been a lot of stuff now. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry. I really like him. I first was introduced to him in Atlanta and his part in Atlanta is just fantastic. And he does a great job at it. And then he was in, uh, was he in us? I think it was in us. Um, he probably, let me, uh, to the internet. He's been in a bunch of different stuff lately. Yeah. He's, he's in the upcoming movie, um, Joker, um so yeah he was in spider-man into the spider-verse he was in hotel artemis he was in widows uh i didn't see if bill street could talk uh atlanta so bojack horseman that's a funny show so he's you know up and coming in my what i would call an up-and-coming actor and i really enjoyed his character he played the detective but again where they dropped the ball he goes over to this apartment building because he wants to check on his mom and it doesn't explain how often he's there, but he's there more often than not. So he's probably coming by two or three times a week to check on his mom, make sure she's doing okay, cook her dinner or whatever. Yeah. It's interesting because they start developing him and he's a black cop. We'll say that too. They start developing him as being hated by all the local neighborhood kids that are around. Like, they don't like him. They don't trust him. And again, they start developing that, and then it just kind of falls flat, which that could have been a really interesting dynamic, especially since later on he clearly starts becoming one of the heroes of the film when it comes to Chucky. Like, he doesn't believe the doll's doing this stuff and all that, and then he's one of the first ones that witnesses the doll doing this crap and starts believing it. And that could have been a whole nother interesting dynamic with the other kids in the neighborhood that are dealing with Chucky know Chucky is doing these murders and things and with them not trusting him, but they dropped the ball. It was only half cooked. The idea they did. So, but I do applaud them for keeping the movie at 90 minutes. That was great. I don't know if they could have gone longer because it, there was parts, I don't know your feelings on this, but the beginning was kind of sluggish to me. Yeah, but I mean, it was doing some setup, man. You know, you need to know a little bit about the characters and and, and the the buddy doll. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to hate on it, but it did just come off, you know, slower. But it's, uh, you know, nowadays the horror movies are like hack and slash, like from five minutes in almost now. So it, it was good for them to build it up and explain and 
where the buddy doll came from and things like that. But dude, yeah. th- that's another one. Th- the freaking doll man looked creepy as hell without it even being a murdering doll. I mean, just normally it looked creepy as hell. I wouldn't want one of those things in my house. Oh man, I loved when he was trying to get him to make a scary face. Oh, it was great. That was a great scene. Yeah, when he's sitting there having him make all these faces, that was cool. That was funny. Yeah. That is one of those things, though, that this movie does do well, is it doesn't take itself too seriously like other horror films. It knows it's a freaking movie about a killer doll. Yeah. Um, what does he say? Something about Tupac? There's a funny quote in it. Oh, gosh. I don't remember. Like, I think he's... This is for Tupac. Yeah, this is for Tupac. Yeah. Yeah. No, it has some It, it has some light, lighter moments. It's It's... It was quite entertaining and a better done remake or reimagination, I guess, new universe creation than some of the newer horror movies that they've redone. And they've redone like all kinds lately. So I like that. I would put this one up there next to uh, the modern Halloween yeah, the modern Halloween was yeah, good. I think it's better than this, but I'd say this is probably a close second, maybe third yeah. in recent reimaginings. Yeah, yeah the, the only uh, other horror movie that's been remade that I really, really liked was uh, It. Oh, yeah, dude, that's incredible. That, I think, might even be better than Halloween. It It, it was amazing. And that sequel's coming out in September. And I'm really interested in that one. Oh, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for that. I, I hope it's really good. I hope they kept up. I, uh, yeah, I hope it's all. Awesome. Dude, look at the cast. They got to play the adult versions of the kids. Amazing. Yeah, no. I, yeah, they got McAvoy in there. And yeah, no, There's, there's a, it's a great cast. Let's go ahead. Let's do it. I have my rating written down. I need to know what yours is. How many reels, Mike, do you give Child's Play? Um, you know what? I'm going to give this one three and a half reels out of five because I really liked it. Dude, if you really like a, me- a movie and you only give it three and a half reels, then how the hell do you get a four? Is a four like you want to marry that movie? Dude, it has to be just amazing. I'm I'm very harsh. You're, you know what? You're getting more harsh in your old age, Michael. I am. I'm a, I'm a grumpier old movie man. <laughs> Yes, you're a grumpy, grumpy old critic, raider person, dude. Yeah, that. Boom. Yeah, Mike, drop it, but don't really, because they're expensive. Drop it like it's hot. Wow, that was a see. That now I'm just dating us because that was a really old reference. It was. It was. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, I watched. I think I watched the original Child's Play, and I was five. I think it was five or six. God, dude, you watched it, it that traumatic. young? Because it came out in what eighty eight. Oh, it was tr- it was traumatic, dude. My cousins were like, "Here, watch this movie. It's about a doll. It's really fun." God, dude, that's that's really bad. Like, I watched it fairly young, but not that young. That's really bad. Oh yeah, man, I had like nightmares of dolls chasing me in the night. It was awesome, dude. It would have screwed me up even worse because I had one of the freaking dolls that they based this movie on. Yeah, that's 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 frightening. They, I had one of those uh, my buddies, uh, and uh, Don uh, Mancini even talks about it in interviews and stuff that that was one of his, his inspirations was that freaking toy from the eighties. <laughs> oh, 
Well, I'm sure it was, man. It, it, like, you know, it had to have been. Yeah. Oh, geez. Anyways. All right. Well, Mike, do you want to know my rating? Yes, Matt. Why don't you tell us your rating? Well, Mike, I am more harsh than you. Okay. What do we What do we got? I give Child's Play a three out of five. Oh, whew. I was worried it's going to be the same again. But no, that's okay. No, I said more harsh, but but I tend to, you know, be more on the lenient side. If I really like something, you know, it gets up in the four, four and a half, five. But I found, you know, the, I, it was just this whole missed opportunity on a lot of these ideas that's in this film that could have been really developed and really something neat. Yeah, you would just would have liked to see the the young mother stuff elaborated on a little bit more and maybe a little bit more about the detective stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. the detective and his mom is a really cool, interesting relationship there, but there's just there's a lot more stuff that could have been elaborated on. And then that watermelon part was just freaking weird. I just didn't understand that. <laughs> it was weird, dude. It was really weird. I was trying to think if it was trying to reference kind of like a christmas story or what like i i was like there's there's got to be something to this like or maybe that movie black christmas which they're making another one i, I don't another even know what that black is black christmas it's a, it's a horror movie about christmas and i yeah i don't well, know well and you know the house has christmas lights on it but there's a watermelon patch and watermelons would grow in the summer cuz they're a clear summertime fruit i just it didn't make sense. And why the hell would you be taking down Christmas lights in the middle of the night? Then also did not. No. Make and then the, you know, Aubrey Plaza's boyfriend is really married with a family. I've predicted that that was easy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's just, there was just some missed opportunities, you know, multiple ones. I don't want to go too much into it, but more than just that. But anyways, I think it could have been a little bit better, but I, I didn't hate it. I don't think you should rush out and go see it in the theaters. I think you should wait until it's on Netflix, Redbox, Hulu, streaming, something like that. It would be well worth a watch. I just don't think it's worth going to the theaters for. No, I agree. It's 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 not worth for the theaters, but I did, I did like this quite a bit. And if you're a fan of Black Mirror type stuff... This is a movie that you would likely um, enjoy. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the biggest things that I really enjoyed about it as well. Because, you know, both of us are big time technology buffs. I love Black Mirror. I'm itching to watch the uh, next season that's out. What are they? Season five? There's only three episodes. Uh, I think it's season five or six. Yeah. I'm not sure. I just, I know I'm going to want to watch all three of them like at once. And I just can't do it because I'll just not sleep one night and I can't do that. And I'm too busy. Well, Matt, um, do we want to talk about what we're going to do next uh, week? Well, um, I think we talked about it on the last pod, but uh, unless we change our minds, I don't know. I've I heard a podcast where they were talking about the film that we want to review for next week, and uh, it's not getting so great reviews. <laughs> of course, it's not, Matt. We we tend to the so the ye- yesterday. Um, is what we have picked out. It's not getting good reviews? No. No, it is not. It is not at all. But I still want to see yeah, it, Yeah, I don't think there's really anything else out that I want to go see. I mean, there's Toy Story 4, but 
I haven't seen any of the other Toy Stories, so I'll just that'll be, just be wasted on me. What? You haven't seen any of the other Toy Stories? Nah, never really had an interest. Are you not a person? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. So, so Matt, I got to give you the best, uh, like, semi-dad dirty joke I've got for Toy Story. Oh, no. You ready? You've got to watch Matt, uh, uh, Toy Story, Matt, because it's the only place you can get a, a Buzz and a Woody at the same time. <laughs> Dude, that is such a dad joke. Uh, you're old as me. It's terrible. <laughs> anyway, um... Okay, man. Well, let's just watch yesterday anyway, man. All we'll right. Just all watch right. it and let's 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 take the road or the path not as traveled. So, we'll do yesterday for next week. I still I still want to see it. I know it's not getting yeah. great reviews. Yeah. So I like the idea of it. I think it's a great idea. And then the week after that, July 4th weekend, we get our uh third Marvel movie of the year. Yes, yes. Spider-Man Far From Home. And then uh, that same week, we have another horror movie that I think we're probably going to have to see because uh, I know you're probably really going to want to go see it. Yes. Midsommar. Yep. By Ari Aster, an up-and-coming horror director, writer, infamous for Hereditary last year. Yeah. Oh, man. I want to see it because... Of hereditary, so and it looks really kind of weird. Um, I mean, I guess hereditary did too, but like, yeah, I'm I'm I, I'm totally down. I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch it, whether we review it or not. Oh no, I think we should. I'll go see it. I think it'll be fun. And there's not a whole lot else coming out. So uh, the week after that, there's one movie I'm interested in. And there's one movie that I really don't want to see. Dude, I think we should do Crawl. No! It looks it looks terrible. Man. I have no desire awesome. to see that. That looks just garbage. That looks Dude, so it's, bad. It's, it's um it's the Meg of of uh this summer. I really just don't want to see it, man, like at all. And I keep seeing the freaking trailer for it. Like over and over and over. They keep touting, you know, from uh who was it sam raimi is involved in it somehow like he's not even on like the the main list of credits here no it's alexander uh aja but he's made some creepy movies but this doesn't look that great like he made high high tension or hot tension i think it's french um hills have eyes piranha like his hills have eyes was good High Tension was awesome. Those movies were great, but I don't know. Uh, Piranha 3D and 3DD were fantastic, but not not for really the movie. They were just ridiculous. So, <laughs> they were just ridiculous. But no, I, th- I thought... Oh, dude, I'm looking now. Yeah, right. see? Sam Raimi is a producer. They're just using his name, dude. It's I know. Just like, I know. Uh, it's just like we we just watched. Um, why can't I remember its name, Matt? The the Dark Superman, Brightburn. Brightburn. They were advertising that it was um, produced by James Gunn. James Gunn, and well, yeah, it was produced, but that's it. But like, it was it written wasn't. by his brother and Brothers. his cousin or something. Yeah. 
something like that. But no, Sam Raimi, dude. I mean, he has done. I'm not a huge horror flick fan, but Army of Darkness and Evil Dead are like some of my favorite, man. And then, of course, everybody knows him from the original Spider-Man. Yeah, the first two. The third one doesn't count. He also produced 30 Days of Night, which is a fascinating, fascinating movie based on a comic book. Oh, yeah, that was good. All right, we're we're running a little long, Matt, so I think I'm going to wrap it all up here. Okay, fine. So next week, yesterday. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, next next week, yesterday. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, let us know if you want us to watch Crawl. No! Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.